Glory to God. All right, the rest of you, get your Bibles, everyone, and join me tonight. I want to speak to you on a subject tonight. You have, you have been warned, and it's time to repent and return to the Lord. And, uh, you know, the Bible talks about in the last days that God will pour out His Spirit upon all flesh. And I believe that we're going to experience that, and we are beginning to experience that in many ways. You know, if you're not, you need to get yourself in that place where God can minister to you tonight. But I look at the early church and I saw so many things that was taking place in the early church in the book of Acts, you know, in chapter 2 and chapter 3. We see so many things that took place in the early church. And I believe that God is going to bring the church back to its original status. In other words, what happened when the church was birthed, the church was birthed with power and might and strength and in perfection. And I believe that the Lord is returning back for a church that is without spot and without spot and wrinkle. A glorious church. And back then the church had no great cathedrals, no big building, no massive mega building. No, have none of those things. No elaborate services and no elaborate buildings and all of these things. And no rituals, no rigid liturgies and all these things. But very little organization. And one of the things that I noticed in the early church is that they didn't have all these things that we have today, but they had power. Power. They had power and they had an ungrieved Holy Spirit. And I believe that's where we need to come to the place where we grieve not the Holy Spirit by our ways and behavior and attitudes, but we, we grieve not the Holy Spirit so we could operate in the power of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit was in their midst. They had an ungrieved, an ungrieved, ungrieved Holy Spirit in their midst. And they saw the power of God manifested. And within no time, they were able to spread the gospel throughout the entire world in a matter, matter of 30 years. So I want you to know that God wants us to come back to that place of spiritual receptivity. God wants us to, wants us to come back to that place of a spiritual awakening. God wants us to understand that it's time for us to move on with steadfast faith. Move forward with steadfast faith. God wants us to come into fellowship because these are the things, these are the qualities that they had back then. Steadfast faith, receptivity, an awakening of the power of God. They went from house to house, breaking bread, and they had their prayerfulness, and they lived godly lives. They had godly fear, all of these things, and they were they were weeping and seeking the Lord in prayer. We need to come back to the place where we can see the power of God beginning to manifest again in our midst. So as believers in the church, we need, we are going to be challenged to resolve our conflicts uh, through uh, repentance. We're going to resolve all, all our conflicts through repentance. And for those of you who don't know the Lord, the Lord will challenge you to repent, not just for pardon, but for purity. And God wants you to bring the church, bring us all together to repentance. People in the church need to repent and even uh, sinners, unconverted sinners, need to repent and be converted. These, these are the times. This is the time, in fact, for, for, for such. And uh, the warning has, uh, has gone forth. And we need to heed the warning of God and do what God is challenging us, challenging us to do. In Acts chapter 19, it says, Repent ye therefore, and be converted that your sins may be blotted out, when you, the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord, and He shall send Jesus Christ. And that's what we need to be preparing for. He shall send Jesus Christ, which before was preached unto you, whom the heaven must receive until... And that's exactly what has happened already the heaven has received him according to acts chapter one he was ascended to the heaven and the same jesus 
whom the disciples saw going to heaven will come in like manner, saith the angel. And so it says here, and he shall send Jesus Christ, which before was preached unto you, whom the heaven must receive until the times of restitution of all things which God had spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the word began, till that time comes. So I'm, I'm telling you, you have been warned. We all have been warned. It's time to repent. Repent and return to the Lord. I'm talking both the Christians and non-Christians. It's time to repent and turn to the Lord. Christians need to be, need to repent and come back to that place of purity. Amen. Those who don't know the Lord need to repent, not just for pardon, but also for purity. And so we have come to that place. So, uh, we need, to, we have, we have come to a place where we must yield to God through the conviction of the Holy Spirit. That's the only way we can yield to God is when we are convicted by the Holy Spirit. How are we going to be convicted? When we hear the word of God. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And when you hear the word of God, the word of God, the spirit the word of God, their spirit and their life. And the spirit of God convicts you because the word is a living word, the living word of God. So God is calling the nations of the world to repentance at this point in time. Because you have been warned, just as it was in the days of Noah. Noah preached and warned the people and God called them to repentance. But not many heed that call. God is calling again because He always gives, He always, uh, give, 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 gives a, a warning before judgment comes. And so we all have been warned. We are warned and God is warning us and He's calling us to that place of repentance. So uh, the nations of the world, remember Jesus warns us, he warned us in Mark chapter 1 verse 15, he says, uh, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand, repent ye and believe the gospel, repent and believe the gospel. So the Bible tells us also in Isaiah the prophet, he warned us also in Isaiah 13 verse 6, he says, howl ye, and the word howl ye means wail and cry. He says, wail and cry for the day of the Lord is at hand. And wherever you're watching me today, wherever you're looking on, whatever nation you are, whatever nation you're in, whatever part of the world you are in, God is calling you to repentance. Take heed when you think that you stand lest you fall. Remember, we need to purge ourselves every day and make sure there is no impediment in our lives. And he says, you howly, wail and cry for the day of the Lord is at hand. That's the warning. The day of the Lord is at hand. It shall come as a destruction from the Almighty God. So the day of the Lord is a day of wrath, a day of judgment. That's coming. And even Joel, the prophet, warned us in Joel chapter 1 and verse 14. It says, sanctify ye a fast. Call a solemn assembly. Gather the elders and all the inhabitants of the land unto the house of the Lord your God. And cry unto the Lord. Alas for the day. For the day of the Lord is at hand. And as the destruction from Almighty shall it come again, Joel is saying the very sad thing that Isaiah talked about, a destruction shall come from Almighty God. Then we go to the prophet Amos, and the prophet Amos also warned us, and he says that the day of the Lord will, will, will come, but not as man expected. So he says in Amos chapter 5 and verse 18, Woe unto you that desire, that, 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 that desire the day of the Lord. To what end it is for you? In other words, they said the day of the Lord is darkness and not light. So he says here, 
It may not come the way you expect it as some people are preparing for the tribulation. They are excited about the new world order. They are excited about all the, all the, all the, uh, the, 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 the changes that are taking place, the transformation that is taking place in the economy and, 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 and across the globe with laws and legislation. And they are excited about all the things that are happening. But they don't, they, don't, they, don't, they don't understand what the Bible talks about. The Bible talks about all these things are in preparation for the wrath of God. The system the world is preparing for the wrath of God. The church of Jesus Christ is preparing for the coming of the Lord. And we need to pre- present ourselves and be ready for when He comes. Joel warned us again. He warned us and he says, he says, we're going to sanctify a fast and seek the Lord. Come to the house of the Lord and seek the Lord. And now is the time we need to do that. Even the prophet Ezekiel warned us and he says in chapter 30 verse 3, For the day is near. The day is near. Even the day of the Lord is near. A cloudy day. It shall be the time of the heathen. The time of the heathen. In other words, the day of the Lord is coming where God will judge the heathen. Not the righteous. The heathen. So remember that. Peter also warned us in 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 7. He said, But the end of all things is at hand. Be therefore sober and watch unto prayer. So there is warning all over the Bible. Old Testament, New Testament. I can go on and on and talk about all the warnings. There are many, many warnings. So you have been warned. This gospel has been preached to all the world. Jesus The last thing he told his disciples is to go into all the world and preach the gospel. And now we know there's a limitation when that, where that is concerned. But the fact is the gospel has been preached to all the world already. The gospel has reached the world, all the world and every nation of the world. And now it is up to the nationals of those nations to reach in their community and their cities now. That's what is happening now. So I may not be able to go to America or Canada or Australia or wherever and preach the gospel as I used to. But the fact is I don't have to. The fact is the gospel has already reached these places and now the nationalists and the believers in these places those who, those who have been converted it is their responsibility now to preach the gospel to those that are around them. So that's nothing to be worried about. The word of God is being fulfilled. Jesus can come now, any moment now for the church. There's no more prophecy to be fulfilled. There's nothing that has to happen for Jesus to return for the church. But the big preparation is for the, the world is preparing for the tribulation. And we must understand that. And we do not want to miss the rapture. So we want our loved ones to be saved. So we need to minister to them, go to them, um, preach the gospel to them, encourage them to give their lives to the Lord because the time is running out and the day of the Lord is near. You see, God is a God of patience. God is a God of patience in bringing about the consummation of all things. And the reason why God is a God of patience because He's also a God of love. He's not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance. So He's waiting for the appointed time for those who will come to repentance. And when we preach the gospel as I am speaking tonight and you hear that this gospel, you hear the warning, you hear the warning and you cry out in repentance and you ask God to forgive you, He will forgive you. And the moment you are forgiven, you, you enter into that realm of readiness for the coming of the Lord. So He says in Second Peter chapter 2 verse 9, The Lord is not slack concerning His promise. That means the Lord is not slow concerning His promises. The Bible tells us that clearly. The Lord is not slack concerning His promise as men count slackness. 
but is long suffering, meaning he's patient towards us, not willing or not wanting or not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So when you hear his word tonight, harden not your heart. The Bible tells us all the scoffers and the critics, they will be wrong and they are wrong for two reasons. Two reasons why scoffers and, and the critics are wrong in, in, in criticizing us and saying, well, so long they have heard that the, the Lord is coming and he has not yet returned. Well, let me tell you something. The scoffers and the critics are wrong for two reasons. Number one, they fail to recognize that all things have not continued without divine intervention since creation. All things have not continued without divine intervention since creation. Verse 4 and verse 6 in the same chapter in Second Peter tells us, And saying, where is the promise? They say, where is the promise of His coming? For since the Father fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. For this they willingly are what? Ignorant. Ignorant, unaware, unlearned, ignorant of that by the word of God, the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world that was then being overflowed with water perished, speaking of the flood, the judgment that came after the preaching of Noah, preaching to warn them to repent because the judgment was coming. They didn't take heed. Didn't take heed. And here is a classic example of the same thing. The flood was an intervention of God. A divine intervention. So they failed to recognize that all things have not continued without divine intervention since creation. Now we see the second reason why they are wrong is because they misunderstand the reason for his apparent divine delay. God is long-suffering. He's a God that is long-suffering. Amen. Meaning he's patient towards you. He's patient towards me. Giving us Time to repent because when he comes, he must find you washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. So in the past, God overlooked ignorance. He overlooked ignorance, but now because Jesus came 2,000 years ago and died on the cross and gave his life a ransom for many, now because of Jesus Christ, the situation has changed. So the Apostle Paul gives us a warning now. He said in Acts chapter 17 and verse 30, he says, And the times of this ignorance, God winked. He said, God winked. God winked at it. But now commanded all men everywhere to what? To repent. Because, why? Because he had appointed a day. That day is appointed. That day is near. That day is coming. And you are being warned that that day is coming. Repent before that day comes. He said, because it has appointed a day, he has appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness or in justice. He'll bring justice to this world. Amen. That by that man whom he had ordained, whereof he had given assurance unto all men that he had raised him from the dead. So because of Jesus Christ, the situation is now changed. God no longer winks at your ignorance because now you know, because you have heard the gospel, you have no excuse. And now when you hear his voice, harden not your heart. Because the Bible tells us now God will judge you because of this gospel. You heard it now. You, when you hear it, it is your responsibility to respond to it. If you reject it, you face the consequences for it. My encouragement to you is to accept Jesus Christ into your heart. Believe that God raised him from the dead and that he died on the cross for your sins. To wash your sins away and that you can have forgiveness of sins if you confess him, Lord. 
of your life and believe that God raised him from the dead, you shall be justified. Because with a heart, mouth, man confesses. With a mouth, confession is made. And with a heart, man believes. And that's all God is asking of you today. So my friends, I'm saying to you, the nations are preparing. The nations are preparing for the coming of the last superpower. The last world superpower. And what that has to do with you? That tells us that this world is getting ready for one of the most uh, troublesome times the world has ever seen. The wrath of God. A time of trouble such as never was since the since the beginning began to begin. I tell you what, this judgment is coming. It will come as a, as a flood to this world. It will come as a, as in tribulation and great tribulation. But we are not appointed to that because we are washed by the blood of Jesus Christ. But the nations are in preparation for the coming of the last world superpower. That is what all this transformation is taking place for. That's what all, all these um, rollout is, is, is all about. And you must understand that the world is preparing for something big, something big to come. But the church is preparing for something bigger. And that is this, the, the coming of the, 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 our great Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And when you go to the book of Daniel, the book of Daniel, the book of Daniel and the book of Revelation are the two most important prophetic books in the Bible. They go hand in hand. They, uh, they complement one another. You know, it's very important you understand that. And the prophet Daniel lived one of the most remarkable lives in the, in the history of the world. And in Daniel chapter 11 and verse 32, he tells us this, And such as do wickedly against this covenant, or the covenant, shall he corrupt by many flatteries. But the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploit. So there is coming, the world is preparing for this super, super leader. This super leader who will be in this last world power. And the super leader, the Bible tells us that will do such wickedness, wickedness against the covenant and corrupt by flatteries. But the people that know their God shall be strong and to exploit. And Daniel's prophecies in chapter 11 reveals death and destruction that the Bible describes as unimaginable. Unimaginable until the last few years. That is, we see death tolls from the world wars. For what was and modern pandemics as we are seeing today will be nothing in, com- in comparison with what is predicted in the word of God in Daniel chapter 11. We need to understand that. We need to understand it's coming, my friends. It's coming during the time of the tribulation. But thanks be to God, he's, by His grace, He's given us the opportunity while the clock is ticking away. We have a moment to repent. Not much time, but a moment to repent. And we need to, 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 to you know, you know we, we need to do that this very moment. Whether you're a Christian or not, some Christians, you need to repent. You need to repent, not just for pardon, but for purity. Listen to me. You need to clean up your life and get rid of all the impediments in your life and stand in readiness with purity. You need to keep that fire burning. The reason why the ten virgins had oil in the lamp, the reason why you have to have oil in the lamp is to keep the fire burning. Once the fire is burning, the oil must be replenished because once the fire is burning, the oil will, will, will reduce. So you have to keep filling that oil. That means we ought to live this life and keep the fire of the Holy Spirit burning in our life consistently. So that when the Lord comes, He will meet us fully oiled. 
and living in, under the fire of God. So we have to look at what is happening in this world today. The coming of this last world superpower is around the corner. And we need to recognize that the church will be taken out of here before he is revealed. I'm speaking of the Antichrist. We have to be taken out of here before he is revealed. How much closer we are to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, seeing that the tribulation is wrong around the corner. The Bible says it will happen in a time immediately preceding the second return of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says the moment the church is taken out of here, the wicked world will be re- revealed. And this world will plunge into, into catastrophe for seven years prior to the coming of the, the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then we see during that period of time, hundreds and eventually thousands, thousands, thousands and millions, maybe Billions of people will die. We don't know. But many people will die during that tribulation the Bible talks about. And so we don't want to be here when that happens. So the Bible says it will happen at the time preceding the second return of Jesus Christ. The Bible also says that God... It says God... uh, spoke to Daniel, when God spoke to Daniel, give Daniel a, 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 a vision of the future. He had a vision of the near future, and then, then hundreds and eventually thousands of years into the future, God took him. He didn't show Daniel the future which, 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 which would um, have been just miraculous, but the Bible tells us he physically, physically transported him to, uh, to be a witness, and he saw what was going to happen in the future. And he saw he became the first, uh, he had a first-hand view of what was to come in the future and have it written down in the book of Daniel. It is, it is also seen by John in Revelation. And you, when you put those books together, it's like you hold the, um, Daniel and Revelation in one hand and the other, and you look at the newspaper today and you see everything revealing before your very eyes. So when Daniel had this vision, he saw what was going to happen. He saw what, was, what God was going to do with the Jewish people. He saw what was going to happen to the Gentiles. And he saw what was going to happen in the future. But he knew he was not going to be around in the future. God told him, he said, seal the book for the time of the end. And at the time of the end, these things will come to pass. Well, my friends, we are at the time of the end. We must understand that. So when Alexander the Great learns that Daniel foretold of his victories hundreds of years earlier because of his prophetic vision and because of what he saw, the Bible says he falls to the ground and he cried out, there is no God like the God of Israel. He was convicted because there was a man who had an excellent spirit. There was a man who had a vision of the future. There was a man who revealed what was going to happen in the future. What was going to happen to Alexander. When Alexander found that out, he said there was no God greater than the God of Israel. And when you get a glimpse, when you get a glimpse of the future according to the word of God, and you see what happened in the past, what is happening now, what will happen in the future, and you get a clear picture, pictorial view of that in your mind, you are going to receive a conviction to know that there is no other God who could bring these things to fruition but by design. And He's a God of design. He's a God of plan. He's a God of objectivity. He's a God who has designed things in such a way. He is, uh, he's a God of order. And when you read this Bible, man couldn't put this together. It had to be the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. So when we read now and we understand the word of God, we are led by the Spirit of God. This book is a spiritual book. Glory to God. 
So we understand the word of God. And the Bible tells us, God told Daniel in chapter 12, he says in verse 3 and 4, he says, And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament. And they shall turn many to righteousness. That's evangelism. As the stars forever and ever. But thou, O Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book. Even to the time of the end, many shall run to and fro and knowledge shall be increased. So here God told Daniel that the wise, they that be wise shall shine bright. That means the darker the world gets, the brighter you will shine. He's talking about the righteous. There's there's darkness over the nations of the world And gross darkness we are seeing daily But God promised that the righteous will shine Meaning the church will shine gloriously In the darkness of this world And you need to be a part of the body of Christ You need to be a part of this glorious church That Jesus is coming back for And then we as we shine We're shining the light to his Christ We shine that light to those who are in darkness Listen, there'll be many lights tomorrow all over the world, but that light cannot free man's soul. But Jesus Christ who said, I am the light of the world, He will set your soul free. He will set your life, your, 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 your life free from the bondage and the penalty of sin that comes as a result of the dark consequences of sin. And so we thank God for the light. And now you and I can be the light of the world because Christ lives in us. And so the Bible tells us, he says, And they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. So God wants us to be a light that everyone will see Christ in us. And come and come to him and be saved. The most important thing in your life right now is to be saved every moment of your life. So we have, we have to warn everyone that the time to repent is now. It's time to repent. It's time to repent. It's time to repent. You have been warned. It's time to repent. We ought not to be perplexed by, because everybody is perplexed. We don't have to worry because everybody's worrying. When you're a child of God, you don't have to be perplexed. I'll tell you this, the test of, the test of faith is a daily part of life for many Christians. So even though we are saved, we go to challenges. We go to challenges, but we have a shoulder we can lean on. We have a God we can call upon. We have somebody we can talk to. We have somebody who can give us comfort in these times that are dark. And maybe you are feeling overwhelmed by daily attacks and by the challenges you face and by the problems you encounter. Maybe lack of a job, finances, money to pay your bills, family issues, problem with your family, problem with your children, rebellious children, somebody on drugs, alcohol. You're going through a a dilemma right now and you don't know what to do. Maybe you're feeling very overwhelmed. Remember as Christians, we need to recognize why this happens to us. Even though we are Christians, our children may not be living for the Lord. Maybe you are a Christian, your husband not living for the Lord, your wife not living for the Lord, but you are living for the Lord. The Bible tells us one in a solitary in the home will transform the entire home. But you have a stubborn faith. And we need to understand why we go through challenges as a Christian. Why we go through difficult times. Why do the righteous suffer? When we understand why, we don't really focus on why. We focus on the reason God allows us to go through that. There is a good reason why God allows us to go through these things. And when we understand that, we will know how to use it to grow your, to grow your faith and your walk with Jesus Christ. Because these things only helps us to grow 
more in prayer and dependency on the Lord. What else more? What, what else can you do when you when you reach your limitation? What else can you do but turn to the Lord and cry out to God? Men cannot help you. Man needs help himself. So in the midst of hardship, it is quite comforting to remember that God is doing far more than you, in our lives than we can imagine or even expect or even believe. God can do more than you even think right now. That's the God we serve. He's a God of more than enough. He blesses us more than our expectation. That's the God. He, he will, he will, he will, he's doing more, far more than we can see. In Psalm 137 and verse 1, it said, By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down, yea, we wept when we remember Zion. This is the children of God when they went into captivity. They were God's people, God's children, the apple of God's eye. Yet, God allowed them to go into that challenging circumstance of 70 years of captivity and there they sat by the river of Babylon when they remember the goodness they remember the blessings they had and many of us for the past 18 months we can remember the time we had fellowship in the house of the Lord we go to church we fellowship and many of us took those things for granted and when they sat by the rivers of Babylon there the Bible tells us they, they remembered all the good things they had that they took for granted and because they didn't listen to God and, and heed the appeal and warning of Jeremiah, they ended up in captivity. Where you, where would you end up if you reject the word of God today? Where will you end up? And so they remembered what they had. You don't want to end up in the tribulation and remember the opportunity you had today. You got to make, take, make use of the opportunity you have now. And so while in captivity, the children of Israel remembered the place called Zion. And you don't want to reach in the tribulation and then remember what the church used to be like. And how the pastor used to be preaching. You heard the gospel and you said, no, I had time. I will wait. And you procrastinated. And you said, one of these days, one of these days. And none of these days, uh, uh, no, that day never came. Listen to me. You don't want that to happen. Today is the day of salvation. When you hear his voice, harden not your heart. And so Jeremiah tells us, he remembered and lamented with tears for his people. Daniel said, I set my face towards the Lord and seek my prayer. Jesus looked over the place and, 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 and wept over it. Jerusalem, he wept over it. David said, when I remember these things, I pour out my soul. Many, many in the Bible remembered things in the past. When there is a certain situation in their lives. And maybe you need to remember what God did for you. Whether you're saved or not, remember where you are today was not by chance. God brought you to this point. You didn't die before because God's hands are upon your life. And God, God saved you from dying so you can be here alive today while you have breath. Only while you have breath you can repent. And so, so many people when they were in captivity, when they were going through difficult times, they remembered the goodness of God, like Jeremiah, Daniel, even Jesus. Jesus looked over the place and he wept over Jerusalem. And David said, when I remember these things, I poured my soul in me, for I had gone with the multitude. I went with them to the house of God with a voice of joy and praise, with a multitude that kept holy day. Jeremiah said that, he said, ye that have escaped the sword, go away, stand not still. Stand not still. Remember the Lord afar off and let Jerusalem come to your mind. Listen to me. God has given us enough 
warnings. He has given us enough information. He has given us instructions. He tells us what to do and how to do it. We need to take cognizance of that. So when you're going through difficulties, when you're going through challenging times, remember all of these things that are happening in the world today is in preparation for that big event that is coming up. And God is saying something to you. He's saying to you, you need to understand what's going on in the spiritual realm by looking at what is happening in the physical realm. And make preparation not only for this physical life, but make preparation for your spiritual life and your spiritual destiny. So when you as a, as a child of God, speaking to you as a Christian, when you're as a child of God, what do you do when you face these challenges every day? You get discouraged? No. You feel oppressed? No. Where do